Welcome to the Imperfectly Impactful Podcast. My name is Catherine, and I am a proud, high-achieving woman overcoming the relentless pursuit of perfection and weight of people-pleasing. Come with me as we discover how embracing your imperfections can lead to immense growth and enable you to make a difference in your life and the lives of others. From candid conversations to empowering stories, I will guide you to unleash your full potential and craft your unique path to impact. Join me every week as we celebrate imperfection, cultivate self-acceptance, and prove that even the most imperfect journeys can lead to the most impactful destinations. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Before we get started with today's episode, I have to announce one thing, and it is probably one of the most exciting things I've gotten to share on the podcast, and that is we have another giveaway starting this Friday. So if you're listening, it is currently Wednesday, January 31st. It is the last day of January for 2024. And I just had to share that with all of you guys that in two days, we will be announcing a new giveaway we are doing. And I am so excited because this giveaway is one that truly impacted me. So I'm excited to give this opportunity and this giveaway to somebody who really deserves it and is really excited. So there will be a few things you have to do, of course, to get your entries in. But most importantly, you not only can get one entry, but if you are on our email list, we emailed out today when this episode was released, we announced two ways. So not just the one that everyone else on social media, Instagram, Facebook are going to know about, but there's a second way you can get a second entry into the giveaway. So take a listen to today's episode. If you are listening to this in the future, be aware that the giveaway will be starting on February 2nd, officially announced on the podcast. But get on the email list. It's linked below. Way to join. You stay in the note. I promise I don't bombard you if you get on the email list. It's one email on what kind of information I have to share with you guys. But I am so excited to be sharing that with you. And then the second thing for today I'm excited about is this interview. Corey Rufner is our guest on the podcast today. And I am just thrilled to share her story, what she's learned, where she's at. She started her family at a young age and got into the foster care and was able to adopt beautiful children. She shares that story, how her career has changed a lot as well. She is a bookkeeper, but she recently has really dived headfirst into coaching and has been building that business. And it's amazing what we talk about. I mean, we go from everything. We talked about joy. We talked about investing in ourselves. We talked about having courage and being curious. We go into personal finance mindset because it's a big piece of the coaching she works on, as well as many other areas. And then we do touch at the very end on values and beliefs and how they're all interconnected, everything we talk about, I mean, the conversation just flows and you can hear the excitement and her and then me. And I just cannot wait to share this conversation with you guys. So without further ado, let's get started with today's episode with Corey Rufner. Well, welcome back everybody to the Imperfectly Impactful podcast. I had to hit record uh, very quickly because me and Corey Rufner, who is our guest today, was just having a conversation that flipped and I was like, this can't be missed on recording. So Corey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. <laughs> oh, thank you, Catherine. I'm so excited to be here. I'm just smiling from ear to ear. You can see it. They can't, but I, yeah, I can. <laughs> And I, I, sorry, we jumped right right into it. And I was like, this just can't be missed. Um, So I would love, because you were talking a little bit about where you are right now in your life and this word that's come to you, give everyone just a little brief background on kind of your past and then how you've gotten to this moment and realize where you're at and like what's next for you. 
Okay. Like, and like, just for all clarity, full goosebumps. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so I am um, a mama of six, Nana to four, married to my high school sweetheart. And I am kind of like that. Yeah. Woo. Imperfectly impactful person. Because here's the thing is, is that if I would have gone back and told and, and believed the stories about myself that everybody else, I would never be where I'm at today, but I followed my heart, right? I followed that, that feeling, that tuition, those in, instincts. And, um, three years ago, we decided to unfollow what society said was successful. And we sold everything. My husband quit his career and we moved to property on Montana in Montana that we had in that I had been doing like this really, really small side gig bookkeeping. And I thought, we'll build the business. We'll build the business. It'll be fine. It's going to work. We can do this. Um, because we were financially living in our um, zone, we didn't have debt. We didn't have, our house was our debt and we came here to build debt free. So started building the business. It started growing. And then, you know, that that little thing right inside, we call it the flutter. I call it carbonation, um, the tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. I was like, there's something more. What is it? Like, I'm listening. I'm a, I'm a believer in God. So, but it doesn't matter if you're universe, it doesn't matter what you believe in. It's like, lead me. And he led me to some internal work. Right. And in that internal work, I learned that I need to help others. And how does that look? And so I began a coaching business and um, there's lots to that, obviously, but that's the, that's the generalized. And I'm really focusing on personal finance for your family, for your business, whatever it is, because that's, there's my numbers thing, right? That bookkeeping thing, but it fills me up because I'm giving to others. And then really what I've done my whole life and what my calling was from a little, little girl was help being a mother. So why don't I start helping mothers? Um, we also have a story in foster care. So 13 years of foster care for adopted children. And that is so big because it's so needed and so I followed, I'm like, yes, like I could support foster and adoptive families. I have so much tools and knowledge, but you know, we forget to look inside, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I was telling you is, is that I took that next step this year. I surrendered to what is to be, because we don't have to think about, we don't have to know where it's going. We just have to follow that instinct. And because our intuition is what we were born with. We were born with that beautiful knowing, we just step away from it. Yes. <laughs> and it's scary. It's scary when you don't know. And so. so just like really like throwing your hands up and saying, I surrender. I am a good faithful servant and I walk. And so I started walking and I invested in myself because if you don't invest in yourself, you never get these pings. Yes. You never get this. And so, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yes. And it's, it's a surrendering piece and we are in very similar situations. You've already kind of taken that step. It's inspiration, I think, oh. to hear your story and what you and your husband have done and now your family and moving and finally surrendering to just what is there and what you have and ready for whatever the next step may be and waiting for God or the universe, whatever you believe, like she said can just take you and guide you. And that's very where I am right now is I'm very in the, I'm having to be very present and understand I have to surrender. I can't control everything. I can't just keep making decisions because it's coming out of more fear and more lack versus just allowing me to feel abundant and moving forwards. So yes, I mean, it's amazing. And also you, I love this movement, the excitement, <laughs> just the, the energy coming off of you right now and just everything you've done and you're doing is amazing to see because 
I'm starting to feel that as well. I'm getting those inklings and following those pulls. And yeah, I just, it's amazing what you've done. I didn't realize you fostered and also adopted four of those kids. That's a huge thing and not an easy feat, but something I feel like that's so touching and amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about that process? I would just love to hear a little more depth of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, that is, I think, um, the, I hate to use the word end goal, but I think that's truly where God is leading me because I do have this heart to create a foundation to support that system. So that's, you know, that's way out there. I can't see that in the telescope yet. <laughs> I just know it's here. Mm-hmm. But yes, long time ago, I, I started having children very young. Our, I was a teenage pregnancy. Our first child was at 19. Then we had our second child at 23. And um, I was just in mom zone. Like, I'm like, yep, I remember this feeling. I knew this is what I was born to be. And I was knocked out with some chronic health problems, chronic pain issues, um, and realized that I wasn't going to be able to give birth to children anymore. It wouldn't be in the my family's best interest. Yes, I could physically do it, but it wouldn't be living in myself. And so, you know, you go through the mourning process, you go through so much. And I just kept feeling like, I know that more children are supposed to be in my home and I don't know what that looks like. And I walked my children to school every day. And on the way home, I um, stopped at the local convenience store. I'm like, I'm going to buy a newspaper. I I don't read the news. I've never been a news junkie. I hate the news. Let's be honest. (laughs) But I bought a newspaper and I took it home and I open up the page and what's there. It is a two page spread uh, from a local businessman about the crazy chronic need for foster parents in the county I lived in. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I hear you. So my husband comes home and we're like, okay, what do we have to lose? Absolutely nothing. We can go do the trainings. They're just, I think it was eight trainings, two or three hours a night, once a week. And honestly, this seems silly, but it was like date night, right? We didn't have the kids. We had, we were forced to get childcare. Um, Cause you know, you forget to invest in yourselves, right? We get busy. And so we did it. And by class two, we were looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We don't know how it's going to look, but we're going to do this. And so we did it. What I will say is the first case we had lasted 18 months. It devastated our family at the end. I felt like I had lost my babies um, and they were my babies. That's the thing is, is even if I didn't give birth to them, I gave them my all for 18 months. They were a part of our family. Um, and I, we almost walked away. We we're like, nope, not for us, God. Um, but I had this amazing certifier and she was like, nope, take six months. Just take six months, step back, heal, begin to heal. Cause you don't heal in that much time, um, begin to heal, but really kind of ask your guys yourselves, what was the pros? What was the cons? What can we do? What can we do? And by the end of that six months, we we're like, yep, we got this. So for the next 12 and a half years, we fostered. We fostered a total of 22 children. Um, Most of them were um, what they call medically fragile. So I would pick them up from NICU. I was raised with a nurse. And so medical was always very comfortable with me. We grew as humans. We grew as a family. We were devastated as humans. We were devastated as a family. Um, But it was literally a pivot in who we were and what we saw as importance in life. Mm-hmm. And through that journey, we had, like I said, adopted four beautiful children. It really was those first steps of creating um, unlimitless faith in me. 
right? Like mm-hmm. I cannot do this if I don't believe in something bigger than me and stepping outside of comfort zones, um, which were big. There was, and I, and I say that with a grain of salt, like, you know, if, if you have a child at your house and they're not getting any of the services they need because the state is lacking because, and I'm not blaming, okay. And this is not blaming. These are just facts. The state is lacking because of employees, because of whatever, it doesn't matter. Your job, in my opinion, is now you have to step up. But that means using a voice in a system where you have no voice because foster parents don't have a voice. Not only was that extremely scary, but it. I, I remembered like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And just that feeling of like, okay, yes, I can do this. Yeah, 13 years and we almost quit. Well, we actually did quit before my fourth baby was born. And again, God kept on saying, you're not done. He just kept on giving me little signs. So we had to go through the whole process to sign up again. And my paperwork got lost. Okay, my paperwork got lost. (laughs) It should be so easy. Everything got lost. The day my paperwork is approved was the day my baby was born. Wow. That is incredible. Oh, my. It was meant to be. It was was that you knew that calling. You knew that was... Because I was open enough to listen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's really, we, we're so fearful. We so guided by what if it doesn't work, but what if it does work? Ooh. And when I say does work in this instance, I don't mean adoption guys, because you have to think about adoption as a tragedy. Yes, I have the gift of this child, but sh- they lost their first parent. That's a tragedy. That's a trauma. And so they live with that for their whole lives. That's not what I mean by like, what if? I mean, what if you get to impact, change, grow, just grow as humans, like evolve into what we're supposed to be. And it's all about just starting and trying. That's the one thing I'm learning. And um, actually the podcast, when we're recording this podcast that came out today, it's something I keep hearing from everyone, Lori Harder, Lindsay Schwartz. I mean, all these people keep saying, if you don't start, nothing changes. You, you yeah. nothing change. You are stay the same. But if you start, you'll at least learn something about yourself, someone else, something in the world, something in your life, whatever it is. If you don't start, you don't know what kind of impact or change you can, can make. Absolutely. Like, um, I, I'm drawing a blank on the author, but there's a thing, a quote that says, if you want to live a life you've never lived, you have to do things you've never done. That's that just starting like one millimeter step. But I want to read you this. Um, if I can find it really quick, it was something that was said this, I was at a conference investing in myself and I, uh, was introduced to a speaker I'd never heard of. And she was just this amazing, amazing bright light. Her name is Leah Valencia Key. I love her. She spoke oh. at Powerhouse Women in August. Okay. Yes, she is. She is such a bright light. So oh, bright light. Such a bright light. So this one day what... I'm going to have her on here because it is okay. just, she is incredible. <laughs> yes. She provides so much just authentic truth. And this is what she said. Joy is unwavering is an unwavering foundation that it is rooted in clear understanding of what is to be. We think of joy as this feeling of this outer feeling, but what if joy is what you were born with? It's this deep rooted connection to what is to be. And you know it, we all know it. We just have to 
step into it. So what if we just told ourselves, if we step into it, joy will follow. Yeah. Oh, this is what I need to hear right now too. I will say, I I don't know about any of you all out there, but for me personally, (laughs) Corey, this is, it is touching and reaffirming all the feelings I'm having and what I'm wanting to do. And I can tell that you've learned a lot, like during the process of foster care and just even the past probably couple of years with this business and growing it and learning the coaching side and how you want to do more with that. I, I just know you touched me. That was something learning that I just need to be and the joy will follow. That's reassuring. Yes. And really reminding ourselves to follow what fills us up, no matter how hard it is, because if you can do a job every day, And if it leaves you no impact, and I mean you, I don't care about anybody else, you, like at the end of the day, you, you may not feel tired. You may not hate it. You may not do any of those things, but you feel nothing. It's just, there's no value in it. That's when we need to start questioning ourselves. Like, okay, what does fill me up? What does provide me that, Ooh, this is exciting feeling like, right? Like, I don't know how the heck I'm going to make this work, but I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And if we stop questioning it, it's just really like, stop questioning it. You don't have to quit your job and move to Montana for goodness sakes. It's just me. <laughs> right? You're just one example of the many different options you have yes. though. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, but there's so many options, but like you said, and the wonderful Leah Valencia Key said, instead of even a baby step, what about a millimeter step? What about just a millimeter step filing your LLC? creating the name of your business, sinking into something that really brings you joy that maybe you haven't thought about for years. Maybe writing the first page in that book that you know you have to write. One page. That's a millimeter step. It's funny you say that. I actually have a friend doing that. He's writing 500 words a day. And he's like, I don't know what this will do. It it might be a book, could be a blog, it could be something, but that's him. That's what he's doing. For me right now, I mean, you just mentioned because the LLC, like for me, that's a huge deal. Getting an EIN, an LLC, finally seeing a business being formed, podcasting. That was it a few months ago, just doing an episode. I mean, it's the little things that are, they might not even be big in general, but they're big for you. They're they're that one step closer to what you want to be doing. They create that, that bubbling, the carbonation. They create like, oh, look what I just did. Like big, big is, is a perceptive word in everybody's, you know, vocabulary. Like, um, you know, a lot of people will ask me about financial freedom. Well, my first question is, is, well, what does financial freedom look like for you? Because for you, it's different than it is for me. And so financial freedom is, again, it's not a generalized cup. It is what is you. So like financial freedom to me is knowing that. I only have to make a certain amount of money and I'll be fine. Maybe I won't be abundant, but I'll be fine. Like no one's going to take my home. No one's going to take my, you know, or I don't have a payment on my home. That's financial freedom to me. Like I don't have a payment. So I know I will always have a roof over my head. That's financial freedom, right? But for some people, they need $100,000 in the bank to have financial freedom. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But then the question is, is, how uncomfortable are you willing to get to get there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah, those yeah. are the questions. And it's not the same. When I do group coaching for personal finance, it's really hard in some ways because every person in that group is in a different place. Mm-hmm. 
But the key is, is that we sink into, but what is your goal? And when I say goal, use that lightly. What is your dream? What is that thing that you're trying to achieve by stepping into this class? Because that class is their own comfort zone, right? It's being authentic and the fact that I need help. And that's that millimeter step. Yes. Well, and it's also finally accepting, and this was something I've had to do the past few months, is change. That goal, that dream, what might feel like financial freedom, what might feel like that little step is going to be that in the moment. But in a few months, few years from now, that might not be the case anymore. And you have to be okay with that, that even though you were going after maybe this dream and this goal, it might pivot and become something else. But to also not look back and either regret or not understand, well, why did I spend all that time? Or why did I waste that time on it? There was a purpose behind it still. It's just, it changes. That's just how life is and how us, we have shifts in our minds and our beliefs and all those things. And it's okay. It's okay for the change. So when you say that, kind of the thing that comes to me first is, is that, so I, I kind of explained in the beginning that I was like, I'm going to grow the bookkeeping business and this is going to be my new role and all this. And so last June, I went to a accounting CPA bookkeeping conference in St. Louis. First time I've been to a conference on my dime and invested in myself. Two things happened there. Actually, three things happened there. I realized that I shouldn't be in that room. Nothing oh. filled me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, I understand all this. Oh, that's a great tool. Oh, this is awesome. I love my clients at home, but I do not want to be a six-figure uh, bookkeeper. That's not yeah. what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two, I made connection with the people that you would not expect. The crossing guard getting us into the convention center. I contact every day because I truly do show up as I want to be treated. And, and he laughed at me one day and I said, you just anticipated a bookkeeper to be something different, didn't you? And he laughed so hard and I'm like, but see, that's it. It's like, we're, we're not connecting. Right. So that was my second thing. My third thing is, is I'm in the last day of keynote speakers listening to someone I'm sure wonderful, but honestly, to this day, I cannot tell you who it was or what they were saying. So your mind was totally elsewhere though, something more important. Well, because something dropped in and that something was, you're supposed to be on stage. And I'm like, oh no, Um, (laughs) not for me. And they're like, no, like to the point where I was started crying in this conference and I'm like, okay, I hear you, but I need a break. I need to be able to get out. So let me get out. And I ended up walking for about an hour and a half. I didn't go to my next class because I needed to process. And every step I took, I realized, nope, this is something bigger. And when I came home is when I invested in that coaching program. Um, And literally everything from that day, from really hearing, no matter how scary it was, no matter how it didn't feel right, it didn't feel like it was for me. I did it, those millimeter steps and everything has happened and continues to happen. It doesn't mean it's perfect. doesn't mean it's hard. It doesn't mean I have to step really into fear. Like right now, this new mastermind class that I've signed up for is not only a financial investment, but the time away from my family is huge. And that's always been something I struggle with. But like, I know without a doubt, I'm supposed to be there. Yes. That's amazing. So when you mentioned the connection piece, that even though you didn't feel like you should have been at a conference, you were making these little connections with people you would have never expected. I had that happen two weeks ago when I was in Vegas, actually. And someone had 
introduced or like had planned something with a breathwork person and no one showed up to the class and it was something we were hosting like the company was that and it was a free thing he was he didn't charge us it was just free for anyone who was going to come and it's so it's just me and him and I was like oh hi like I'm so sorry like never met the guy never talked to him and all of a sudden we started having this conversation where he came from this industry that the trade show was for and four years ago left and started working on himself and he's now back, but he's back in a very different sense. Like he is a breathwork coach and he now, I don't think he does coaching per se. It's more the working on the breathwork side and working through tough situations and those blockages and stuff for people. But I would have never met him if that person hadn't said, Hey, can you come stop by? We'd love to do something with you. No one showed up. So it was one-on-one. I have his book now. He's written at the end of writing book six. I'm hoping wow. to have him actually on the podcast as well, just because weird connection, this weird just energy and talking. I would have never expected that that event, not with anything that I've ever been explained about for this industry, for the job I'm working. I mean, I even was questioned. I don't know who's listening to this, so hopefully nobody that I, that I work for, but they came over and they go, you know, no one, none of our owners or nobody wants to really be doing breath work. Like, that's just not who these people are. And I'm like, well, we thought it's something to introduce them to because you never know what can impact someone. But I'm just fortunate that she asked him to come and I got introduced to him. That Absolutely. one that one person that was meant to be in that room and I was meant to speak to that person unknowingly. Absolutely. And you know what you just said is, is that, oh, well, these are leaders. This is not what they do, right? <laughs> so what if we as leaders, as business owners, start looking at that differently? And what if we start doing the us work first, mm -hmm. changing us. Because if we can't change us, how do we expect to change, impact, lead anybody else? The the wonderful, the wonderful Renee Brown, as I hope everyone here knows her because she is fabulous, says anyone who holds herself or himself accountable for finding potential in people and processes is the definition of a leader. So if our leaders can't step outside those comfort zones and say, what if breath work would bring calm to the office? What if that calm brought more focus and that focus brought more overhead? That's a true leader. That's a true leader. I could go on and on about the amazing people that are out there. I mean, there's so many like people, but the, here's the whole thing I always talk about in my coaching is, is that you have to have courage to be curious and the curiosity to be courageous. And you cannot have either and expect to grow because everything we do is about curiosity. Stepping into that feeling, picking up that book, um, taking that class, learning breath work is about being curious enough and then stepping in that courageous is stepping into what authentically becomes who you are. You just talked about it, this, this breath work individual. He stepped into what was authentic to him. Now, I'm sure that was a journey. Four years. Was, and right? he's still going through it, he said. He just right. got over a cusp of something else. It's never ending, though. That's the no, thing. Never, You're always going be. to be evolving. <laughs> yeah. As humans, we should consistently be evolving and not questioning ourselves. Should I go back and say, oh, you wasted money on this or you wasted money on that as far as the bookkeeping side? Absolutely not. It taught me a lesson and it's still the foundation of how, you know, of who I am, right? Like it's the foundation of building everything else up. So it's not a mistake. It's a lesson. I learned something about myself. This is so crazy because I 
there was a whole bunch of us in the same uh, coaching certification class mm-hmm. classes from all walks of life. And a lot of times when you take a class, the end expectation is, is you're going to look like this, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things our coaches, our coach taught us is that none of you are going to look the same at the end of this if I'm successful, right? Because you're walking into who you were born to be. It took me a, a long, I mean, I'm going to say it took me till last week to realize that. I mean, I knew it in some ways, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like that authentic, like what fuels me is what I should be coaching. I was trying to make it what everybody else saw or thought, or it's so big so that I didn't have to be vulnerable and say, no, this is what I do. Long, long story short, my, one of my first downloads over a year ago was a woman's retreat. Mm-hmm. I knew like in my soul, that was one of the first things that impacted me. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to cultivate that for women and just really awaken their inner self. A year ago, almost to the date, I had another download that said the the way you're going to make this work is through collaboration. Ooh. I'm like, oh, and immediately two women from that same coaching class came to mind. And I immediately knew these are the people I want to collaborate with to make this happen. So I got on the phone and I just said, here's what I'm looking at. This is what I want to do. What are your thoughts? They're like, yes, with all capital letters, we're going to do this. We are steps away from setting a date and so exciting. Yes. (laughs) Because we are authentically living in each of ourselves and we bring something so different to the table that the cultivation in this event is going to rock these women's worlds because we're all bringing us, not what we think we're supposed to be, Mm -hmm. but the true essence of us. And that's where the power is. I, it's, it's amazing to hear that because there's two downloads I've had this week myself personally. And the first one was collaboration. And it's funny because that's what you said is collaboration. And I was, I have been trying to figure out what I'm missing. What am I missing in my job? What am I missing that I need to make sure is in my business when I grow it and start launch it and just really start building the true foundation. And I realize it's collaboration. I am missing that. I have grown, we, we have grown up. If you are in a corporate job in a corporate world of structure, and it's just, this is how something's done and you're going to do it this way. And if you have an idea, that's great, but you're very unlikely to make a true change because there's so much that has to go up the ladder for approval that you're unlikely to see it. There's a little collaboration, but never the true side of really getting together and just dumping ideas and working through and trying something out. And does this work? Okay, great. That worked. That didn't. So let's keep what worked and change the thing that didn't, whatever it may be. So in the midst of that, realizing it, I have always denied I'm creative. And I just found this out this week. Like it hit me like a wall the other day. Someone asked me two words to describe myself. And I said, well, I'm ambitious because I'm a high achieving, ambitious woman. And all of a sudden this word creative came out and I realized I have suppressed it for so long because I wasn't allowed to be creative. I didn't, I always denied it. I just was like, nope, I'm not creative. Go talk to this person. Go talk to my sister. She's the social media guru, all those things. And I realized I am creative. I have ideas. I have amazing ideas. Yeah, they may not work. I might fail the first couple of times, but I haven't had the ability to bring it out and collaborate and work with other people and bounce around the ideas until the past few months. And it's been amazing because I'm stepping into me again. Like what you said, I am bringing out me and my unique and authentic ideas, 
not hopefully I can bring to the world, just as you guys have been able to do, you all found yours. And then right. together now are creating a space for other women and for other individuals to come to and do that for themselves too. Yes. And you said the word fail. So my, my, my thing is, is no, you didn't fail. You learned something about your authentic self, right? Like anytime we step into something and it doesn't work, that is not a failure. That's what like the society has said. Well, you failed. Well, did I? Because I know that I don't ever want to do that again. Or I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not failure. No matter what came before it, money, time, doesn't matter. You are now one step closer, one more millimeter step closer to whatever is supposed to be for you. Yes. Okay. So I have to touch on the money piece and the financial piece. (laughs) And then more so it's because of the mindset and what I know I'm personally struggling with. Um, You've heard my my podcast episode that was all about the financial piece and how I struggle. I struggle feeling like I have enough, that I'm abundant, that personal finances are good and how do I strengthen them and understand them more and just building that kind of confidence. And I know you work a lot in your coaching, understanding and processing personal finances for individuals. So share a little bit on kind of how you were introduced to that world and how you're, you've been impacting, maybe give an example of some ways you've helped change mindsets or beliefs on personal finances. Absolutely. So how did I come to this? I honestly believe that just innate. So I will like own that. This is not just something like I knew I had, it was innate. Um, I came from a very, very, very um, income deficient family, single mom. And I can remember, honestly, like people are like, what? That's so weird. At like 13 asking my mom, if I make you a grocery list, will you shop the sales? Because I heard grocery budget was, you know, is so horrible. She was working two jobs. She went to one grocery store. And she's like, well, sure I will. So I can remember as a young child, like going through the ads. I also had the amazing impact of a stepmother that was a coupon guru. Okay. Like she could make anything work. Okay. So that was like that outside resource that it was always coming in. And so then, like I said earlier, I'm, I was a teenage mom. Money was tight. So we learned very early on what it meant to budget. So it's innate. Okay. It's part of that is just innate. But it also has to be a conscious choice. I have to be able to say this X, your dream is more important than Y. And let's own it. We live in a society of swiping for value. Oh, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. We have to walk outside of that. There's no other way. Society will never change. Mm -hmm. You have to choose to unfollow that belief system. The, the way it is interesting, and this is one of those aha moments for myself also, is, is that your money and your personal value are almost simultaneously the same. People are like, what? I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, so vulnerability story here. I really, even though I'm a personal finance person and a bookkeeper and I love to have a savings and I've, I've created this financial security for us, I have no value in money. And, and this was done in an exercise. I would hand money away and have no connection to it whatsoever, right? Because when you don't have it, if you have a connection to it, it becomes fearful, right? So you just don't have any connection to it. And it was brought to my attention that, so does that mean you don't value yourself? And I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, wow. Okay, like I know I have value. I have a business. I am a wife. I am all these things that have so much value. People tell me all the time, even as a foster parent, or 
people can put me up on that pedestal, mm -hmm. but that's outside. That's outside. I want to know what your conscious is because another little fact, we have 45 to 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of those are in your subconscious. 95% mm -hmm. of those. And where does your subconscious come from? Oh, social media, your parents, your brothers, your spouse, your boss. It doesn't matter. Anybody but you. So 5% of your thoughts every day are only yours. That's it. That is wow. astronomical. So we have to start rethinking, how do I think? Mm -hmm. Because our thoughts are our feelings, which is the destiny of who we become. And 95% of those thoughts are not ours. So how are we going to become what we want? Mm -hmm. It all comes full circle. I, I kind of teach on five foundations in my coaching. And the reason I'm talking about this is it does end up in finances. When you can dive into who you are or what you are physically, uh, spiritually, emotionally or mentally, however you want to look at that. And then relationally, because relationships are huge. Okay. When you have those four nailed finances just happen. Oh, they just begin to happen. They begin to come. They become, become, uh, begin to not be that emotion or that thought. Because everything else is holding you up. And when you are presenting to the world in this bigger person, finances follow you. But it's also untelling those stories. I mean, and, and we have to go back. It is coaching. When we talk about personal finance coaching, it's really whole person coaching. Because, okay, your parents, only, you only got $50 if you got straight A's. That's a story we told ourselves about value. You can have this carrot dangling up here. I don't care what it is. If you do X, that's how you're, that's how we show love. Then we show love with money. If you go back and think about it, money, pretty much either lack thereof or all of it tells you stories about who you are as a human. Oh, true. And if we don't start untelling those and kind of feeling them and getting in there, we will never be able to understand why we do things with money ever. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a behavior and behaviors come from thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the ways we talk about it is really breaking it down step by step. I make them track their money and people get so uncomfortable with that. I'm struggling with it myself. <laughs> I love it. It's, a, it's scary, but it is, but it's a good thing. It's, it's eye-opening to see where my money's going. Right. Or little things like people, there's just so many little things. Like one of the things I'm teaching in my group coaching right now is, is like, if you go to the grocery store twice or three times a week, you're spending twice or three times what you would if you went twice a month. But then we have to be purposeful. We have to think about what we're cooking, why we're cooking, you know, all those things. So that takes work. And then let's be honest, people don't want to work. They don't want to, it's just uncomfortable and it's hard and I don't want to do it. I've got too much more on my plate. Well, if you keep telling yourself you have too much, you're going to have too much. You've got to like be purposeful. Say On Sunday afternoons, I'm going to meal plan and I'm going to go grocery shopping. Maybe if it's once a week or I'm going to meal plan and then I'm going to grocery shop for two weeks. I had one of my group coaching people just do that just this week. And she did, she doesn't even cook. It's her husband that cooks. And but she he was listening to a replay with her and he's like, I'm not going to the grocery store this week. And they had food for the whole week. Because it was already in their home. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. think about that not spending just for one week. 
mm-hmm. on groceries. I mean, we all know how high groceries are right now. Yes. Um, being a cash basis system is another aha for people. We live in a plastic friendly. I mean, I can tell you places that I get told I can't use cash. And I'm like, well, then I guess you don't need my business. Because Since COVID, it's yes. been even bigger. It's grown yes. even more. But cash is so accountable. Mm-hmm. When I put $600 in my wallet for groceries for the month, that's all the grocery money there is. Mm-hmm. I don't get to spend $602 and use my debit card. I get to spend $600. And then here's another big one. All the change that we use, that we get because of the, the dollars we're using versus credit cards, you put that in a jar, you don't touch it. And all of a sudden you have $2,000 for that vacation. And it happens, guys. I do it over and over and over again. And a year's worth of change can definitely be $2,000. That's airline tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really just being creative in how we think about it. It's And, and not doing so not expecting things to change when we keep working in the same 360 degree circle and that's you know the definition of insanity do the same thing over and over again and expect anything to change you have to step outside and you have to think or invest i mean you heard me say that we've heard you say that Catherine. like investing in ourselves to find a different way because maybe we don't have the tools maybe we weren't given the resources or showed the example but we do have the choice yes. and being specific. That's my, I think my lap, these are like four really easy tips. So if you want to save for a house, then you have a savings account that says house. You don't have a savings account that says nothing mm-hmm. or savings account says house, dream home or mortgage free freedom, whatever it looks like. Okay. Or what's, what are some of the other ones I want to travel to Costa Rica for a month with my family, whatever it is. Okay. Be specific. And when you, when you budget, I know there's that word. Some people right here are going to be like, oh, I don't budget. Budget. (laughs) Scary word. (laughs) But here's the thing is everyone that says that is thinking of budget as from a lack thereof. Mm -hmm. What I have to give up. What a true budget is, is a zero balance at the end. And people are like, what do you mean? You have income and your income plus your savings equals your expenses. Okay. So our savings, our dreams have to be just as important as our mortgage payment or our car payment or whatever it is. We have to have line items. So that mortgage or that dream savings, $200 a month, whatever it is, we're going to put the $200 in that specific savings account. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, when you go and try to take money out of that, you're going to think twice because now you have value with that money. Mm -hmm. You know what it's going towards you. It's that awareness that that's where that money is going now. And it has, it has a value and it has accountability and it has emotion. Mm -hmm. And we are ruled by our emotions. Like, no, I want my home or I want that vacation or I want to work part-time, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But if you don't identify it and put value with it, it's never going to happen. You're right. Absolutely never going to happen. Well, and And when you're talking about that, 360 degree circle you're constantly going in. I thought of what my life coach keeps telling me is autopilot. A lot of us are just on autopilot. And until you become aware and you realize the things you're doing on a consistent basis, you're going to keep doing it. And you're not going to realize it until you start doing one thing different and then another thing different and changing your habits or changing your ways. I mean, one thing I just did recently is I've always been 
decent about putting money into savings until the past year or so, just because I started investing myself. So instead of savings, it's been going to better me and who I am. But just recently, I finally can start saving again into it. And I was like, I've always been the person I want to see it. I want to do the transfer itself. And I realized that I'll put it off and I'll forget to do it. Or I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I might need that hundred dollars. I've just an auto auto transfers now. So I know it goes there and it's notated. And so when I go look in that bank account, like, oh, there's my savings and this is what it's going towards. And like, I can't touch it. Like it's already gone. It's already gone. It's already gone. Absolutely. It's no longer yours. It's just like paying the bill. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, you're paying yourself. You are your, your debtor. You are the debtor until we start rethinking that. And you know, when you talk about your coach, if you don't do one small thing, one of the things I like to say is, is that we're dealing every day. We're dealing. We just keep dealing with the situation. That's the 360. Well, when we begin to heal, we stop, we stop and we deal with that. We, the words deal again, but we, when we're dealing, we're healing because Mm -hmm. we're rethinking this one thing, because believe it or not, you can say whatever you want, but all these things we keep doing with that does not allow us to change Mm -hmm. are just traumas. Why we think that having the newest car provides us success Mm -hmm. or even defining the word success right? Like we have to define, go into Webster's dictionary. What does success say? And then take that apart. What does success say to you? Understanding our values and beliefs as humans, not your parents, not your spouses, not your bosses, your values and your beliefs. And a lot of my clients are like, well, what is that? I don't even know what you mean. I'm like, okay, well then it's time to do some homework. Yeah. Start looking at working. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because I can tell you, and then you're no better off. Yeah. I need you to invest in it. I need you to invest in that ability to go in and see what is my values? What are values? Because it's kind of like our North star. When we address those values and beliefs, they, they're kind of like that savings account. They fuel us, right? Like mm-hmm. I know like my top value family, like, yeah. so as long as I keep going to that North star, I know I'm going in the right direction. That's amazing. So that's the challenge then. That's the challenge for everyone listening. What's what's your North Star? What's your value, values? Because there's a couple of them that is driving you. Yes, that's driving you. Uh, Corey, I could keep talking because I feel like this conversation is never ending. And the energy and excitement has just been amazing. But before I let you go, I would love for you to share with everyone, how can they connect with you? How can they work with you? Um, All just the different ways that they can get involved. There's a lot. So I'm just going to narrow it down. You can find me and you can tell me what you need and we can go from there. But uh, your story, your journey on Instagram, uh, be authentically you at Facebook and then be authentically you. It's the bumblebee, B-E-E, authentically you Um, That's actually under construction here soon. So you may or may not get me there. I'm dropping into my authentic self and I realize that needs to look a little bit different. There you go. That's awesome though. That's exciting then. But all of that will be also in the show notes. So everyone, it will be linked directly there so you can get in touch and connect. But Corey, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you for joining me today as we continue our journey of self-discovery and empowerment. If you have found value in our conversations and stories, we would love to hear from you. Please take a moment to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and or share on your social media. Together, we can create a supportive community that embraces imperfection and is learning what makes us truly impactful. So until our next episode, keep celebrating your imperfections and cultivating self-acceptance. I believe in you. Until next time.